0: Thank you CHAPTER Eight: THE RULES OF THE GAME The penthouse apartment? Huge. Must have been at least the top three floors of the building. There were living rooms and dining rooms and a billiard room. Great hall, formal ballroom, big enough for several hundred guests, plus twenty-piece orchestra. Kitchen, bathroom, not as many of those as I would have thought. Visiting room, recreation room, in addition to the billiard room, library seen real libraries that are smaller than Del Morgan's private collection. Okay, I take that back. The apartment must have been more than the top three floors. Never was a good judge of that kind of thing. And contrary to what you might be thinking, the inside was not larger than the outside, meaning this isn't Doctor Who, okay. It was a very well-designed place, and everything fit. It wasn't like suddenly finding the outside was really the inside of a box sitting on a beach. The apartment was huge, but it was still an apartment in the city. I mean, sure, just try and find the building on a map. But once you were inside, everything made more sense in some places I've been. But why? If you could fit the city in a bottle, then why bother coloring inside the lines, right? I don't know. I've given up trying to understand these people. It's a fad, like slumming. Not coloring outside the lines. For the fair folk, that takes skill. So yeah, the apartment building required a sustained level of commitment if you wanted to live there. It was a true sign of your station in life, or something like that. The other reason I'm not sure how many floors the place took up is because I don't think I ever saw the whole thing. I mean, there was no tour. Nobody showed me around and told me what was what. I'll simply left to my own devices to figure out what went where. After Del Morgan did that little stunt where she ripped out my heart, I didn't see her again for days. It's also why I figure I never saw the whole place. I mean, of course I went looking for my heart. What do you think I am, stupid? I want my bloody heart back. She took it like she owned me. Getting my heart back was high on my agenda. Thing is, I never saw any part of the place that looked like Del Morgan's personal chambers. No private study, bedroom, bathroom, that sort of thing. Okay, I know what you're thinking. The whole place was her personal residence. Yeah, well, that just shows you need to hang out in opulent homes more. See, there's personal, and then there's personal the parts that are on display so everyone can see how wonderful you are, and the parts that are really none of your business, like private bedrooms and the ever-popular private study. Never found any of it. Nothing that looked like it was really her private rooms. And I looked. Oh, they were there. I know that. Figure what happened was that I was not allowed to notice them. Take that staircase over there. What staircase? Oh, never mind. There were no doors I couldn't open. Del Morgan didn't want me turning a knob. She hid the whole fucking door from me. Crazy. Oh, I don't think so. See, there was something else I couldn't find. The front door. I looked for that, too. Couldn't find it, didn't notice it. Oh, yeah, I was trapped in this place. Also, I couldn't talk unless spoken to first. This went right in line with that, I figure. That was freaky, not being able to talk. I mean, sure, it wasn't as if I had done a lot of talking of late. I mean, being all alone on that beach, who was there to talk, to? But see, there's a difference between not wanting to talk not being able to. On that beach, I could Bark at the moon to my heart's content. I could stand on that beach, throw my arms wide to the sky, and scream! Working for Del Morgan? No, no way, forget it. So I woke up on that couch, all crumpled up. Del Morgan was gone. Rohanna was gone. Oh, never mind. The blood stain was gone. My clothes were still a mess. Ugly, ripped, stained, smelled too. But I was still there. What was I supposed to do? Finally clawed my way off that couch and started to do a little exploring. Didn't know what hour it was. The day? Forget it. I wandered through a whole mess of rooms, all descriptions. Found my rooms. Nobody told me they were my rooms. Just sort of claimed them. Maybe that was just part of the deal. Like not being able to talk and not being able to find the front door. Found the kitchen. Well, stopped. Nobody ever told me what to eat or what not to, so I just took whatever I felt like. Something looked yummy? Well, I just claimed it by divine right of conquest. Manifest destiny and all that. Never should have left it where I could stumble across it. That's what I say. So that's how things went for a time. Never saw Dill Morgan. Just wandered around, exploring the place, looking for my heart when I felt like it, looking for the door, slept when I was tired, ate when I was hungry. Voided the evil twins as much as possible. Yeah, I know what I said. They're not twins, not even related, don't look anything alike, or grossly different, or any... Oh, God, I think I'm going to be sick! But come on, Hannah and Romana, they hated me. I'm calling them the evil twins, okay? That took them off? Good. So what was their problem? Why'd they take such an instant dislike to me? Now that has an interesting answer. And it has to do with what the fair folk want. Which is... Money, power, fame, fortune, power! Definitely power. Just a touch of fame. Money? Who needs that? They've got buckets of this stuff. What do the fair folk want? Well, that's an easy one. They want to be your parents. No, really. I mean, not literally give birth to you. No, they'll pass on that. They just want to look after you. Or more importantly, tell you what to do. That is what the fair folk get off on. They want to make the rules. They want to tell you what to do. How to live. How to love. What is good. What is bad. The whole bit. Why? That's simple. They know more than you do. They know what ails you, and they know how to make it all better. They have only your best interests at heart. To be more exact, they want only what they believe is best for you, and they do know what's best for you. They've been around the block a few more times than you, as I've just finished explaining. It's what they argue about, fair folk. They argue and bicker and fight over which of them gets to make the rules, which family really knows the best way to look after all of us, Wars get started over this kind of thing. Well, not exactly. Chess, intrigue, the whole thing I was telling you about. They don't go to war, but sometimes the people they're looking after go to war for them. Does one family's interest in being right get in the way of actually doing what is right? course not. They're the fair folk. Why, they would never let such a thing as their arguments over the best way to look after people actually cause people harm. No, they would never let such a thing happen. So how do they enforce their will, sorry, their benevolent leadership and moral guidance over all the people of all the lands, both real and wholly imaginary? Do they go out and conquer? No, of course not. That is what the common market's for. Can you imagine such a thing? One place where all people can meet and do business. It's what makes the world go around. And if you doubt me, just remember that one of the root causes of the American Revolution was over the taxation of trade. Do the words Boston Tea Party ring a bell? They should. Bunch of smugglers and merchants discovered that England was going to start enforcing the tax on the importation of tea. And the hilarity ensued. So imagine a place where you can go to get anything. Absolutely anything. Now imagine that not everyone knows about it. Why, you might be the only one. You might be able to corner the market. Which brings us to the next question. Why would anyone build such a place? To get rich. Okay, besides that, remember, the fair folk are not interested in money. They made the common market. What do they get out of it? Not trade. Remember, they can go to any of these places for any of the stuff they need. Besides, if it was for them, why make it possible for others to find it? The fair folk are the smugglers and merchants. Why not keep the riffraff out? Because they want all those greedy little bastards to come to market. To want the market. To discover that they cannot live without free access to the market. You want to do business in the common market? You're going to have to abide by a few rules of fair trade. If we're all interested in fair trade. Of course we are. If you want to continue coming to market, you're going to have to abide by all these other rules as well. We only deal with civilized people. You are civilized, right? A civilized person would accept the rules of fair trade, would accept the high standards that all civilized people must abide by in order to remain a civilized people. Eternal vigilance is the watchword of a cultured mind. And that is what the fair folk want. Which brings us, by and by, back to Hannah and Romana. They are the people of Minor Darmon. I may have mentioned that Del Morgan has acted as an advisor and patron to Darmon In exchange for her support, well, let's be honest here, in an effort to curry her favor, the people of Minor Dharmon gave Del Morgan the services of Hana and Romana. Volunteers, of course. Remember the rules of civilization? See, on the whole, they tend to be more beneficial to some groups than others. As long as Del Morgan looks favorably on the people of Minor Daramon, she will insist that the rules of fair trade, as well as the rules of civilization, continue to benefit Dharmon. Which brings us by and by back to me. Del Morgan acquired my service. Okay, let's be blunt here. She bought me like a fish or a six-pack of beer because she felt like it. I was nobody's gift. It certainly wasn't my idea. But what does that matter? Obtaining me has caused the people of Minor Darmon some small concern. Could quite possibly mean that Del Morgan has taken interest in us. You and me. All of us. Darmon could be on the way out. That's a thought for much concern. My existence has probably caused the leaders among the people of Minor Darmon many a sleepless night. They've got to get rid of me. Or at least destroy my reputation. And do so without Del Morgan catching on they were up to something so there i was strange new world forcefully in the employ of one of the fair folk my very life resting on her slightest whim and the household staff want to see me fail isn't life just grand This audio recording of The Fearful Cogidian, Pin the Tale on the Donkey is copyright 2010 by Keith D. Jones. All rights reserved.